All right, we are back with the Uh Uh-Oh podcast, and this episode, we have a special guest for the first time in video form. He is our dear friend, Boomer Mobley. He's actually a fellow Nick. That's actually a fun fact. You know his name's Nicholas? Yeah, I remember us talking about this before. Yeah. Yeah, this guy is really fucking talented, guys. Like... He is one of the most creative people when it comes to, like, VFX stuff. Every single time that I need VFX work done or Nick needs VFX work done, we always call him up because he's just the first person that comes to mind that can actually handle anything. Yeah, and he's just overall cool, down-to-earth dude. I love vibing with him, chilling with him, even besides the creative stuff. But, you know, as creators, you always end up talking about something that leads into idea of a skit and then weeks later you end up shooting that idea so i love hanging out with dude overall but yeah guys uh enjoyed the interview here it is and let us know if you want to see more of these type of videos because we definitely know a couple of people that could you know teach us something here and actually show us how they make a living a full-time living from their passion and maybe that's mm-hmm. the maybe that's what we should go for is like interviewing people that are doing this shit full time because I'm sure a lot of other people are interested in knowing how they do that. Yeah, for sure. People are interested well, yeah. in knowing how we do it. Yeah, of course. But it was definitely a cool interview. I like talking to him and it was good catching up. And uh yeah, definitely learned some new new things about working in traditional media versus you know the internet so yeah for sure listen up yep enjoy the interview okay we have boomer here as a special guest what's up oh yeah it's me i got a hard Bro, out in like five minutes so this will probably be a really quick oh oh okay for guys but, well uh, sorry, sorry, for taking, sorry for taking time no, no, you're good. You're good. I slotted it in. I uh, slotted you guys in because cool. I love you guys. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I appreciate, appreciate that, this, man. You, you, you LA people are, are great with time. So yeah. We appreciate that. Yeah. You know, busy, busy schedule, busy life. But wasn't Boomer our first video guest as well? You mean well, like right, right now? now? No, 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 no. We've had other guests when we've done videos before. We've done I think videos. when I did it before, we didn't record it. I it think was, we just were in your. It was only room. audio. Uh, only audio. Yeah, when it was audio. We we had uh, guests, but this is the yeah. first time we actually have a guest on video. Yeah, is we because we were. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we because last time we were in your guys's room or in your living room, all shirtless. I don't know why you guys had me do that, but it was just audio. Yeah, I mean. But it was, it's just to it get in the mood, you know. Set the vibe. Yeah, set the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Whatever you guys want to do, but so Boomer, for the people that don't know who you are, like how would you describe yourself? Like what do you do? And uh how did you end up meeting us, I guess? <laughs> how did I meet you guys? Probably through Marlon and them, but Right, right. I think it was I think Marlin. the first time I met you guys. I uh, remember the first time seeing you. I had just came to LA. I wasn't I wasn't even living here at the time. I was hanging out with Marty. This was like right. The, yeah. It was like 
I'd recently landed. I went to uh, Marlon and Diamond's house back when they lived in Sherman Oaks. <clears throat> yeah. Or Van Nuys. And um, yeah, I just remember seeing you guys film something. And then I well, just yeah. you had already beer. watched Boomer's videos, right? I Nick? don't think so. Uh, you know, I don't know if I was actually putting out videos then either. I had Beef and Brentwood. Um, right. And then we started working with Marlon for that. But like me as like an individual, I didn't I didn't really kind of start doing that until like weirdly like 2020, like COVID. Yeah. I started kind of really going hard on, on my own. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think when I met you, I was probably we were just doing beef and bread or and then I was probably just doing skits with Marlon at that time, too. Just whatever he wanted just me in. helping out. Right. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, how do I describe myself? It's, you know, I do a lot of VFX, but that's like not what I want to do. But I feel like a lot of people probably know me from that. Right. Um, it's always like that, right? Like we always get known for something, even yeah. if you don't like it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. even when I was doing Beef and Brent, when I, people were like, oh, the effects, you do the effects. It's like, yeah, but I also write it and I'm in it. Right. And I produce, yeah. Make, yeah, I'm the creator of it. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like that's the cool part, though. You suck at everything else, but the effects are really good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I guess it's better to be known for something than, than nothing. But uh, uh, but yeah, so I, I, yeah, VFX and like I do like a lot of action comedies, a lot of violent stuff. It seems to be my thing, which is kind of stunts my growth at times, but uh, I enjoy doing it. Uh, and how long it. have have how long have you been doing it? Because it seems like you have a lot of experience based on like the work you put out. Yeah. Um Damn, what, when was I? It was probably like 2011 is when I started kind of learning VFX. And I would do like little tests. It feels in like room. you learned this like from 2005 or something. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. And it was weird because I learned some VFX and then I didn't really use them. Uh, I was just like learning them on my own. And then that's kind of how Beefin came about. I, I, well, I did another web series and then I like incorporated some like shootouts, but nothing crazy. It was like quick little stuff. And then as I was getting better with effects, I created Beef and Brentwood to kind of like try, instead of just doing like an effect with no story or anything, I was like, let me write a story where I can incorporate some of the crap I've learned. Um, mm. And then through that, it was just like every video had a big visual effect pretty much or something. And I would, a lot of trial and error, because there's so much stuff I probably shot and didn't post just because it didn't work out. Right. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's what I was going to ask. So with those initial brief, uh, Beef and Brentwood, skits did you walk into each skit knowing how to do the visual effects or you didn't know but you saw it and you were like i could i think i can do that um a little bit of both i feel like because i i knew I, I was pretty good at like the gun stuff like shooting and debris so i knew like if we were gonna do this thing i get my revenge and i shoot someone on a car it was like i knew that i could pull that off but then it's like it's like a weird thing once you start learning one v effect you kind of every time you do it you know you learn like a little bit more about it and then you're like oh maybe i could try this next time and then try this next time and so i i mean i got good at the explosions and the action side like debris bullets muzzle flares things like that but honestly it wasn't really until um well season three i i did like a teleport fight which because i did like a little bit of teleporting in season two but it was like that. really crappy yeah and then i did and then i played with that more and got better at it and then season three we did, we did a big teleport fight and then uh we got we started working with influencers and everyone wanted to like blow up or die or something but then we started doing motivation monday with marlin and we were getting a lot of shit for the 
gun violence. Uh, right. So we kind of switched and went like sci-fi esque. So then I feel like that's really where I was like probably 2018 is when I really started like, all right, let's like do some sci-fi shit. Some, you know, a lot, that's where I really learned like the most, I feel like. And I would just like watch tutorials and then go out and shoot it. And it's funny because me and Marlon will like talk about, he'll be doing a new project and he's like, can you do this effect? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never done it before, but in not in like a cocky way, but 95% of the time when there's something we haven't, if I'm not sure, we've like figured it out and, and done it. Yeah. So it is kind of like through those each times, you know, I, I've just gotten better at it. I think it's funny though. Cause I think to like real VFX artists, they probably think I'm not that good, but you know, I'm working off an iPhone. I, I, we're just shooting on an iPhone, you know? So like you have a whole bunch of more like problems when you shoot on an iPhone, there's like adaptive frame rate, which I didn't, I didn't know was a thing, I guess it was just how it, why phones are so good with the light. They like change the frame rate. But when you go into post, it like fucks everything up. Cause you have a one clip that's like, 29.97 frames per second and one clip that's like 29.976 and then another one that's like 30 just because the lighting changed or whatever so um yeah that's annoying so is it much harder working like with iphone footage versus camera footage yeah it is for sure like whenever we shoot something like on like on nick's camera or anything else like that like a real camera like the effects are like they're so easy to do not i, I don't want to say easy but they're they're way easier i should say right right yeah so how did you end up like because this is your main hustle now right like this is how you pretty much make a living do you do this full time now i do yeah like honestly like 20 january 2022 is kind of like really when i went full right well i guess 2020 i kind of went full force um because we got that we i work with funny or die and then i was able to because of that i was able to quit my job at the restaurant but then I had no backup. So I was like, all right, I should really go for this and try to like, I was getting VFX work from people. Um, and sometimes I would just like trade off, you know, like I'll do free VFX work if we do like a collab in a video. But then I learned like, I got to start charging because the shit I do know is valuable and I can like elevate someone's project with the the VFX I can do and how simple yeah. it is for the person to shoot it. You know, like Nick knows when we shoot, sometimes there's no green screen, you know, we're just kind of running gun. Uh, on the fly right. plus so, it's uh, way harder to to um come into a project and not charge anything and then charge something later as opposed to yeah. charge something later and then do it for free yeah for sure yeah yeah and then so i started in 2020 trying to go for it I remember we did that vanderpump thing with the, with the built bar company the you remember that bar, we right Oh yeah, 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 yeah. With that nice with those reality show people. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we were supposed to get more of that because remember we were gonna do like Ashley Simpson next, and then right. COVID hit and it threw all that off. So yeah, um, yeah COVID changed everything. I know. <laughs> yeah. So then a lot of my work kind of stopped, but I would still get some work uh, from like Marlon and Diamond and them uh, and, and Adam, and then uh, obviously some unemployment was nice at that time as well, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, but then really, th- I mean, I just formed an LLC in 2022, January. So, like, I'm really, like... Uh, Me that, too, like, man. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that, yeah. High five. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so now this is, like, my full-time job in some months. You know, like, last month was a good month, but this month has been... It's starting off slow. It's always stressful, but um, yeah. I do feel like if you... The world, I, you know, as corny as it is, I, you know, once I, like, was able to quit that job and then 
go for it. Like it's worked out, you know, something every month I've made it work because somebody, something just happens, you know? Yeah. Right when you like, need oh, it. Right. Like, right. Yeah. And always right when you need yeah. it. And sometimes it's like, okay, cool. I'd have got enough to basically just pay all my bills and that's it. But right. uh, at least I'm doing this. Like, I'm doing what I like at least, you know? Yeah. I'm well, a little I wish curious I could on, be. I'm a little curious on the process of like working with funnier diet. Cause that's more of like going traditional, you know, like, so how much different is that process versus you doing things independently? It was totally different. I remember during the product, I was thinking about like Marlon and Quay and everybody we know, and just like, damn, like when you were just like a big influencer like that with a big following you right. and you have full creative control over your ideas, everything. And like, you don't have to worry about the legal stuff of like, oh, I'm wearing a Nike shirt. We got to take that off or something, you know, like because we had like calls with like their legal team. Like it was just so much stuff and it, it was fun. It was like a great, like, it felt like film school on steroids. Cause it was only like three or four months, but, uh, it was way different. Made me think like, damn, if you could just be like a YouTuber and have full creative control over your content and make money off of it, you know, that would be, I, I think that would be dope. You know, I think you could still, right. Yeah. So there was process, just a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of interference. Did you like more, like more of like working in a traditional space or like, a space that you can kind of have more creative control, even though like you might not have as much of a budget, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That project was kind of unique too, because Facebook wanted to do a web series with funnier die. So like funnier die was the production company and Facebook was the studio. So funnier die even had to kind of change what they were doing because Facebook was the one financing it. So you kind of had to right. abide by their rules. So there was like, they had a, do stuff to them and then we would have a show or whatever and then we'd have to answer to both so there was just like a lot of back and forth that's and terrible that's worse you usually got to deal with one person which is already terrible now you got to deal with two different entities that's yeah that sound like you know, facebook is strict with just their content that can be released so there's like a lot of rules on what they were we were able to write or talk about or post or or whatever so i did like going scratched a lot of stuff yeah i mean there's probably like multiple versions of every episode uh, I, you know, things were like if we could have probably not saying that the show was bad or anything like that, but I think if we could have done what we wanted to do, we all would have been happier and it would have been uh, a better yeah. show, <laughs> I guess you could say. Um, yeah. But yeah, with their inner, and, and not like it was, it was um, terrible, but uh, it was cool going to the office. Like every, you know, I had like a pass, I like go into this like studio set and we had like a little writer's room and, uh, like a, a a room I, I it's not a craft room but i guess it is a craft services you know like like snacks and stuff there and there's like people around like that was cool as opposed to like oh let's just go right in my living room and we'll come yeah. up with a skit but uh i don't know I, I see like benefits to both i definitely would still want to go tv route like that's what i'm working on now why well, i haven't been posting that much uh what's the main reason like why would you want to go the traditional route versus uh like maybe like youtube or something Trying to go, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe just because uh, I grew up watching TV and movies and stuff, and I've always wanted to do that. So I feel mm -hmm. like that's just ingrained in me. And I know it's like shifting. You know, like there's people on YouTube making millions of dollars and right. having a blast, uh, and have that creative freedom. I, yeah, but I think both probably take equal amount of work, right? Like you got to either for sure put in the grind, trying to sell scripts and pitching shows and and get up there or you got to put in the grind posting content every single day and you know how, however you want to grow so would you rather cool. be a successful youtuber with 10 million subs or 
have a top, one of the top 10 shows in the United States, not top five, yeah. like within the top, like five through 10. Yeah, yeah, dang. Uh, I don't know. That's a tough question. Five through 10? Why can't he be not like number one? Because <laughs> you're not so the number one to... YouTuber. There, yeah, unless you're the number one YouTuber, then you could have the number one show. Okay, I guess, would you rather be the number one YouTuber or have the number one show? Well, I guess there's a, here's a cool thing that I've thought about with like the funnier die process. And, you know, when you go YouTube and you grow, I mean, I guess when you get to 10 million subs, you can then hire a team to kind of handle everything for you. At that point, you're the head of the studio. You know, you can contract everybody right. out and hire them <laughs> but there is like right now there's like so much work you know like i'm the one calling everyone who's i'm scheduling who's free on saturday at noon oh you're not you got to leave you got to work at 6 p.m you got to work at four okay we'll try to wrap you early we'll like switch the script around like you guys know how all that goes well yeah. when you go to like a, a television studio there's someone already in place for that yeah uh, um job and all that stuff you know you get like a line producer i don't think they do scheduling but yeah, I don't know. It it would be nice just to have the like funding up front as opposed to like I guess YouTube maybe yourself funding at first, but then once the money starts coming in, you can start using that money to then reinvest in each project if you're monetized on yeah. all platforms. But I yeah. guess it would be nice to be like, hey, here's a, a five million dollar per episode budget, which would be insane. But you know what I'm saying? Like, here's five hundred K per episode, go have fun. I mean that would yeah. it wouldn't be go have fun, but <laughs> But even the thing to me is like, all right, you have that number one show once the show ends whether it's like five seasons or whatever the case may be the show ends you know yeah if you have a youtube what? channel i mean yeah you could literally stop creating tomorrow and then the youtube channel ends too but you have a forever job if you really want it you know you could just yeah. keep creating videos and dropping videos and the opportunities to land your own movie and tv shows is going to be bigger than you having a number one show and then possibly flopping on the second show now you're out of a job yeah 100 percent. that is you know that's the it's because this business is scary because like even as an actor you never know like you could be on a show like sons of anarchy and i think it was like eight seasons or whatever but then who knows if you'll you might not need to work after that technically you probably got yeah. paid very well but at the same time if you're like a creative person it's like damn what do i do do next you know or even as a, a showrunner and i'm sure there's been showrunners who had a great show and then went and did another show and then that show flopped and it's like shit mm -hmm. I also like the fact that they take breaks, you know, they work really hard on like yeah. a season and then maybe they take a few months off. When you have a YouTube channel, it's not like that. You have to yeah, show up true. every single day or every single week, you know, to actually yeah. keep your audience or your your brand relevant. That is true. Yeah. I didn't even think about that side of it too. What would you but guys I think rather? Burnout. I think burnout is a lot easier to to like happen when you're doing YouTube. Yeah. Like and I've seen, I've seen people who were posting like two or three times a week who I subscribe to say, I'm going down to one video a week. Like this is too much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause it is kind of like, imagine being like in a writer's room like every day for a year straight, you know, you have to have like new ideas from your last one every week, you know, that could be, uh, you always want to top it up. You always want to make it better mm -hmm. than the previous one. Yeah. I wonder if you yeah, can it's do it. Uh, bro. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, that's why. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, it would be. It would be hard. What would you guys rather? What is it you guys want to do? Do you want to go into like traditional TV or movies or do you want to stay like on social media? And I personally want to do traditional, but I want to be able to fund that through my social media. 
Like I want to fund yeah. it myself. I don't want to, I want to do traditional in the sense of like, I want to have a, a, a film of mine in the movie theaters and a TV show on a streaming platform. And this, I guess that's the new traditional is like having something on Netflix. But um, I want to be able to, to, to do that and fund that through my own brand, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I think one thing that would a be- show, if you're, if you're, if you're if you have a show on Netflix or whatever, like, like you want, like Netflix is funding for that. So you don't have to necessarily fund that. Right. But you got to get to that point. So even like a featured film per se, like I'll have Netflix do that, but I don't know, like there's going to be projects that I want to have the capabilities to be able to fund it myself and have full creative control. Cause now I have it on Netflix. Sure. If I have, if I have enough influence now I have full creative control, but I still want to be able to Maybe fund not, it myself though. if I really feel. You still might not. I, I would be curious to talk to some big influencers, who, unless the movie's about that influencer. But if, if that influencer was just in a movie, I do wonder, like, I mean, the studio might not, they're like, I don't, you know, look, tweet about it. That's your job is your marketing. You have 20 million followers. So we need you to basically, you're, well, you're a good platform to have. But what, what I kind of meant by that was um, if you come in to the, to negotiation with enough leverage. Like if you're Dave Chappelle, for example, Dave Chappelle has full creative control of his shit. He walks into Netflix and he's like, yo, you guys are going to pay me and I'm going to put out whatever I want. It's going to be good. Like, sure, there's going to be a couple of guidelines, but it's going to be good. You know, that's oh, oh you mean like, influence, like to... not like influencer, just influence of like, the, yeah, yeah, the who, who you are. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Be able to have that leverage, you know, walk into Netflix and say, hey, you're going to give me 50 million for this movie and I'm going to make it like this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've definitely seen people have creative control, but the thing about like also working with these studios or like Netflix, for example, is like, they'll pay you a premium price, but then that's it. Like you don't own that content at all. After you hand it over to them, they own it. Right. So if they want to release it to other people, they're the ones getting money on the back end because you just got paid up front for. Yeah. Facts. Yeah, I wonder. I don't. I wonder now with streaming, like residuals, like you, how you know because it's not like, uh, like it's definitely different. Because before it used to be like you get points off the box off, uh, the points off the box office, like as an actor, yeah, you, like if you're big enough. But now it's like it doesn't like work that way. Everything kind of is streaming, you know. So yeah. like, how does that work? I think but, it's, I think it's like them paying a premium price for the for the talent or the service that the filmmaker, you know. And then mm-hmm. from there, they they make all the money in the back end because they're the ones yeah. that's funding the whole shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the good thing about the streaming sites like Netflix and HBO Max and now Peacock even is like they do allow. I think because they're subscription based, you get like you do overall, you get a little more creative freedom, I think, even as a, a director or a writer, even if you're not huge, just because I think yeah. these studios are. You know, they're, they're they don't want. It's, I mean, I'm speculation here. You know, and they seem like they're chill with like, yeah, but we we just want more. We want to be the site with more movies or shows than the the next competitor of sites. So, yeah, give us this movie, and we won't interfere too much. But again, I have no fucking idea. Maybe maybe they do it. No, but I do I do notice them that also like spending lots of money on programming right now. So it's a great opportunity for every fucking creator, you know, to like get their work seen because they're spending so much fucking money right now on like yeah. shows because they want those subscriptions. Yeah. 
I know. I mean, I was a, I was like, I'm not gonna. Act. There's too many things to sign up for, but here I am signing up for all of them. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Watching, uh, watching MacGruber on Peacock. Have you guys watched that show? No. Mm-mm. Don't oh even God, have Peacock. It? Oh, I got it I just, just got... for that show. Really? Really? Yeah. But that, I, I just like the movie and stuff, and it's not that expensive, so. Um, right. And then it turns out they have good other shows on there, so they they sucked me in. <laughs> It worked. Yeah. That's how it happens. Shout out to our sponsor, the Peacock. Office on there, but then you have to get like the premium to watch the rest of the seasons. Oh yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Certain shows are like more exclusive; like they're not free. You have to yeah. Sign up. Did you guys watch Batman yet? Yeah, no, I want to see it. I heard yeah, it's kind of long, right? Bro, I fell asleep. Not gonna lie, because it was a late fucking showtime. Me too. It, it was long, long as right? hell, bro. Yeah. yeah it was so long. That's almost three hours long. I had a friend yeah. who saw He said he really liked it, but he did say at one point, which is like never good in a movie, just to be like, all right, let's wrap this up here. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. like if you're thinking that, then it's like a little too long, but yeah. Yeah. It, was it looks long, dope. I think. No, it's like the visuals and everything were sick. I just, bro, like honestly, fighting. I, I prefer Chris Nolan's films though, because Batman was a, fucking badass in those films yeah this one like he had gadgets but they weren't as cool as like christian bale's gadgets yeah but bro the car the motorcycle from like christian bale and shit that shit was sick yeah it was sick but here's here's what i liked in this take because here's what it is and i'm not going to spoil anything for you or the audience watching um in that batman i think it was just a different batman in this one it was more of like a rugged real time not necessarily like that rich playboy you know like he had money but he was more like rugged like he had mental issues bro yeah 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 i heard this one was pretty uh realistic for being a superhero yes i heard it was pretty that's what i felt like i felt like he could have literally been somebody here he could have he could be a fucking vigilante in la or some shit you know who directed that I forgot the name. Let me see. I was going to look it up. Oh, Matt Reeves. Yeah, he's. I like Matt Reeves. He's great. He did like Cloverfield. Oh, he did. Oh, Cloverfield. That was a good movie, actually. Yeah. He's also done a couple other ones, too. Oh, like The Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Yeah, he's a dope. He's a dope director. The fighting scenes were definitely sick. The choreography, everything. It was sick. I just oh. do, and and every, that's kind of what everybody's been saying that I've talked to. That it's kind of long, and I definitely felt that way. Yeah. It was long and pause. That's what she said. I don't think <laughs> movies should be that. I've never heard that. Yeah, it's weird when movies now are. Um, although funny, I've been rewatching the Lord of the Rings extended versions, but I've been doing watching them while I'm editing. So like I'm doing VFX yeah. and stuff, and I can because with VFX I don't really need sound. So I just right. I put them on and I just um, I actually uh, it, I can hear it now. I have the two towers on. It just ended. But uh, I basically edited. The, I mean, no joke. This fucking clip I did today was I should look at it. Maybe maybe four seconds, maybe five seconds. And it, it took me basically the length of the two towers extended version to edit it. Oh, my God. Damn. Of, uh, but it's a guy. We cut this guy's head off. Mark, you know, Mark. Harley, mm-hmm. he was in the My Lord one with us. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. we cut his head off, and he's running away, and his head is missing. And there was, um, it didn't, work. you know, that's a shit like that. I'm like, damn, I should have like put it on a tripod, 
you know, had him run clear frame. And I probably could have got rid of his yeah. head that way, which I think would have looked cleaner. But it was a, a split. It, it, that wasn't how we intended to shoot it. He was just going to get his head cut off and fall. And then that was it. But then we thought it'd be funny because he's running at Quay. Quay's in it. And if he cuts his head off and he just keeps running for a while, like he has momentum. So he's running headless. Right. So I didn't. So I like I, you know, but that's one of those things where I wasn't sure if it would work. So I did shoot both versions, but this one, it, it, it like worked. So now I'll use it. But, you know, it was, uh, yeah, took me a lot longer to edit it because I was like having to pull pieces from the grass here and there to make it work, uh, different parts of the yeah. scene. But yeah. Have you guys no, gotten sick. any like videos taken down because of like graphic content? No, on TikTok, yeah. And Facebook. Yeah, TikTok um, is pretty strict, huh? Yeah. TikTok's We've horrible. Been- you know, we've gotten pretty lucky with the medieval show. I don't know if it's because we're dressed up and it seems a little more fake or produced. On my personal TikTok page, which I haven't posted on in forever, I had like tons of violations and I even got banned for like a week or something like that. Uh, wow. But the medieval stuff, we get things flagged and sometimes they'll remove it and then I'll appeal it and then I'll win it. Mm. But I think it's because we're dressed up and it's like a fully produced skit. I don't know. We just have gotten, we get, if you go to our TikTok page of the medieval one, 1287 yeah. medieval comedy you know it's like half of them all have that sensor on them so that part's kind of annoying because when you do get that sensor like i'll get a video that's like doing really well and then it'll get like this is sensitive content and then it like stops it from trending mm-hmm. so it kind of hurts us um yeah for sure it does yeah because i mean like even the 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 video you're describing now where his his head gets chopped off like like do you know that that's not going to get taken down or do you guys just kind of like risk it and just post it anyways? We just kind of risk it and, okay. and post it anyways. Cause that's the weird thing. And that guy was saying earlier, like, I feel like sometimes it bites me in the ass, but it, I don't want to like, and it's going to sound dumb, like conform to doing um, content where I don't have the violence and not that violence is my brand, but it like, kind of is and my violence is like comedic violence you know it's like the stunt dummy getting thrown across it's not like over the top sometimes it can be over the top gratuitous violence but even even that it's still done like in a comedic way but um i I just i feel like if i didn't do those things then i would just kind of be like every other uh person who does vfx out there because a lot of these guys who i follow and have watched these tutorials they do a lot of good vfx but a lot of them don't do like violence it's all like very g or pg yeah Um, yeah which obviously works but I mean, they have subscribers and I don't, but well, I also feel like they do that too to attract the brands and stuff like that. Because like yeah. I mean, if you're big enough, yeah, it doesn't matter what you do, you can attract if you got like ten million followers, like it doesn't matter what you really do, I'm sure big brand is gonna resonate with you. But it's just harder to attract like a Coca Cola or whomever yeah. of that that size to, you know fall in line to violence and stuff like that. And I I feel you because personally, the skits that I do are very sexualized. So because of that, it's hard for me to work with big brands as well. So I definitely fall within that same category, just a different spectrum. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't want to, um, and like I said, yeah, not all your videos have sex, not all mine have violence, but I, we do do them sometimes. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I've gotten, yeah, I guess I'll just risk it. You know, Instagram, everything, it's always, it'll be fine there. But TikTok's definitely our biggest following for the medieval stuff, at least. And um, I've gotten lucky. And I'm hoping because the only violence of this one's at the very end, that maybe it won't pick it up right off the bat or something, you know? 
I've yeah. no, I've noticed like when there's a when there's a quick when violence happens right away it gets flagged. Even like mm. fire on the screen sometimes will get flagged down. That's nuts. Would you yeah. want to do like a gory film one day? I'm not even really into gore like that, which is funny, no. but uh although it depends I guess what kind of gore. Like I like Quentin Tarantino gore kind of just cuz it's okay. so over the top, but I don't really like yeah. horror gore where they're like playing with their right. intestines. Like I'm not really into that kind of gore. <laughs> Yeah, unless it's like comedy, right? In a way, like Tropic yeah. Thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah like Tropic Thunder. Thunder yeah, like or I guess like, it, or I would definitely want some violence, like uh, like Game of Thrones, where it doesn't seem like, like oh, that felt violent, but you're you're watching a battle, so of course there's gonna be some carnage happening. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's weird because I'm not really in. I am. I can be like a squeamish person, mm. but at least I, I just saw. I just saw a Vince Vaughn movie and like it was the first time that I've seen him do like a movie like that. I forgot the name of it, but it was like pretty gory. Like he was a serial killer just killing people left and right. Was it the one where he switches bodies with that girl? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I would do Did one of those. No, I didn't. I saw the trailer for it. It looks good. Yeah. It's like comedy, but it's at the same time it's kinda like thriller. So yeah cool. i guess i would do i guess i have to see movies. how gory that was but uh, i'd be into yeah, no like they pretty much showed everything like oh like guts and blood all that stuff mm. yeah i don't know i yeah. don't know if i like it just for like the just to show it like hostile you ever seen hostile yeah like yeah, that like, or like was... saw like movies like that is like fuck this is fucked you know but if yeah, it's, like, yeah comedy like it's if it's for comedy then i feel like it's more acceptable for me, at least. Yeah, I think I'd be more into that kind of gore, like the comedic gore, as opposed to like doing a, a saw or hostile. I did like hostile. I remember that movie was, oh, that movie made me so uncomfortable. But uh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. That was crazy. Yeah, Dude, uh, the Batman made a hundred twenty-eight point five million in domestic opening weekend, two hundred and forty-eight point five million globally. Damn. Is that exceeding their expectations or? Well, all right. To, I guess to, to make this, uh, put it in perspective, it makes it, one, it makes it one of the only two films since December 2019 to open at over $100 million in the U.S. So it oh, did wow. better than Spider-Man? Yeah. Damn. I thought Spider-Man killed But the box. Batman has been, bro, it, it, it cost... The film has wait what? Yeah, and there, I think there's a lot of hype and anticipation for that movie. You know, it's not not to say the Spider-Man million, no but that's way. pretty low. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's way too low. Yeah, I would think like at least a hundred, just the way the yeah, bro, it's a superhero movie. Just a fucking cast. Well, on. IMDb. Oh no, that's the that's the gross. It's oh, not the budget. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it, it says say the Batman cost two hundred million to make. Damn, they made their money back in like a weekend, almost basically. Oh yeah, well they did worldwide. Yeah, worldwide, yeah, two hundred fifty nice. mil. Hey, at least they made their money back. Now, Damn, yeah, profits moving forward. I do want to go see. They're it definitely going to do I'm another one. Yeah. yeah, I think he he's contracted to do two more. Yeah, they're gonna do another one. 
You know, it's funny. I heard a story where he was like on set for that Chris Nolan film that he did. The that tenant. The yeah, yeah, exactly. He was in that, and then uh, he kind of like had to sneak out of set, and he acted like it was a family emergency. But Chris Nolan knew that he was auditioning for the Batman. Oh, really? Like, you're, you're auditioning for the Batman, huh? He's like, oh yeah, <laughs> but he said yeah. originally that it was like a family emergency. Oh, that's funny. I wonder if he was hilarious. like nervous to. Yeah. To tell him how awkward is that though right like that's chris nolan the guy that directed three batman films yeah probably like the greatest batman films but well, i don't yeah. know by far what he thought about far. this fucking movie yeah i wonder because the dark knight was... alone is such a damn good movie oh my yeah. god all three of those were amazing what yeah. an amazing trilogy i think that was the best superhero trilogy i've ever seen by far yeah, that it was. I'm trying to think if I have any anything else to offer on that, but I would probably agree. They were done so well, and they didn't feel even like a superhero movie. No, exactly. Like, what I love like about a, it. There wasn't like a shot of like landing and like here I am looking tight in my outfit <laughs> that you all know from the comics. I mean, maybe there was, and I didn't pick right. up on it, but yeah. Um, I just liked all the fucking gadgets that Batman had, like yeah, on the Chris version, uh, Chris Nolan's version. Yeah, and the score for the second one was dope. Hell yeah. Yeah, but also if you think about Chris Nolan's version, the first one was a bit slower. The second one was the best, and the third one was also a good movie. So it could possibly be the same thing where, you know, this was the first out of three. They're going to do more for sure. Yeah. Um, So it's like, who knows? Maybe the second one is going to be the best one or the third. I don't know. Remember when they had... um... Uh, at the end of the third one, they like did a subtle hint, uh, or not subtle, but the uh, that Joseph Gordon Levitt was Robin. That was his name. Yeah, and it was like, what? Well, damn it! We know you're not doing more of these. Why would you leave us with this? Like, we want. I would love to see Nolan do something with Robin. You know? Yeah. Like it, it would wow. be dope because I the last the only other yeah, Robin I know is Chris sick. O'Donnell. That'd be tight, right? Hell yeah! Damn. Christopher Nolan's doing a new movie. I was reading about. A while, long time ago, I think, but Christopher Nolan. His movies are always, you know, isn't there some? It's crazy how there's some directors and some actors. How it's like, um, here's a movie they're coming out. It's like, cool. I don't even need the trailer. I'll go see it. Like, I know who's in it. I know who's directing it. There. Oh, Oppenheimer. Or Oppenheimer. The story of American scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer and his role in the development of the atomic bomb. It's got like Killian Murphy Ooh. and Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Ooh. Rami Malek. Damn, it's about to be a good cast. <laughs> Josh Hartnett. That's tight. Damn. Everybody wants yeah. to be in a Chris Nolan film. It's so cool when he already has that reputation, you know? Like people just yeah. jump on a lot easier. Maybe that's a reason I'd like to go into film and TV more is there's like so many directors and writers and like – producers i'd want to work with and i yeah i maybe i worry that if you you make it too big in social media mm. then it's kind of like we don't want to cast you because you're just that youtuber or you're just that right. tiktoker or whatever i don't know if that's true but um i could see that though i could see that you know like would nolan want to cast someone to be in, in tenant if they're a huge tiktoker it's like you're Correct. you're dancing on tiktok all the time like you know it, i don't know i don't know yeah. if that really matters but I think it depends on the content that you create too. Like, yeah, if you're dancing on TikTok, making some crazy cringe content, 
then yeah, you're going to look, you're going to get looked at a certain way. But you know, if you're, I don't know, like look at, uh, um, Andrew Schwartz, for example, you guys know what that is? Uh-uh. The comedian? No. Well, oh, he's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like a, com- he was on Joe, yeah, Joe he's Rogan a, com- a few times, right? Yes. He was on Joe Rogan and he oh, has a, a, a special on Netflix and he has a podcast, um, has two podcasts. Oh yeah. He's I've on seen this dude. Yeah, he's uh, on the podcast with Charlemagne and another one, uh, Flagrant too. Good podcast, uh, but um, yeah, the, like the type of he's a comedian, you know what I mean? But he's he he gives like this persona when he's saying certain jokes and shit, where you kind of don't assume that this man is an intellectual, but then when he hits you with some intellectual shit, like on um his Netflix special, you you look at him in a different way. So I kind of think it's the same way, even for social media, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, even though you're doing social media, you're still, even if you're doing good content on social media, you're still going to be looked at a certain way because you do social media. And when you get brought into a traditional set, they're going to be like, Oh, that's the fucking influencer. Or that's the guy from Instagram, you know? Yeah. But, but I think because you do content that's more related to film, then it's also a different level of respect. Like, for example, if Zach King, I don't know if you guys know who that is. Yeah. yeah. If, if Zach King walks into a uh, set, they're going to look damn like that's Zach King. Like, he's dope. He knows how to create some dope stuff. You know? Yeah, for sure. You're saying true. like Zach King can pretty much handle like the traditional world, like where he can actually work on. But a... could he? I, I wonder because well, his videos are all like 10 seconds. I don't know. Could he? Yeah. No, nah, but he's done. It. He's done short films before. I oh, watched them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh no. yeah, it's pretty good. Because I, I used. To, it's funny. I used to follow him. I'd watch some of his tutorials uh, when I was starting VFX, and he did more kind of skits in the beginning, and then uh, he started working with this guy, the VFX bro, I think his name was, and then they started doing a bunch of that crazy stuff that was going viral back in the days together. Yeah. And that because isn't Zach King like a magician too? He's like really good with like illusions. I think like, so. Maybe. I think I heard yeah. that before. But then, uh, oh, I guess Vine would have been the shift. Then I think with Vine, he went, sh- he started doing shorter stuff and kind of stopped doing the tutorials, um, right. uh, which is great. But yeah, I haven't, Man, seen, the, I haven't watched, seen him do anything long for him. You watched Zach King before Vine? I did on YouTube, yeah. Holy shit, that's nuts. Because I yeah. discovered him on Vine. Oh, yeah, I knew who he on. was because I was trying to learn VFX. So I'd, I like watched him. Freddie Wong, like Freddie W. Oh, Freddie Wong. Oh. I love Freddie Wong. Yeah, like Core Man, he's Digital. A fucking... Whatever happened to Freddie Wong, bro? He used to own I YouTube. I know. That was like, he was a king of it. Yeah. I used to watch Kasim G a lot as well. I don't know Kasim if you heard G. of him. Yeah. I don't know if I ever he's saw like that. comedian. He would just interview people like on the streets and uh, kind of like make fun of them. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like how like, like Billy he on the got, street. He kind of fell off yeah. too. Like he he got really big. I remember him doing like some commercials and stuff. I don't and know. And then, but they definitely yeah, they why. sold that the the company to like Disney or some shit. So they got mm. they got pretty fucking rich. Oh damn, that's tight. I waited on yeah. Freddie W and his crew one time. They came into the restaurant I was working at, uh, and it was just cool because I'm like, damn, I I've like watched all your tutorials and all this shit. You know, it was like a different level of like uh being a, a fan kind of because it's like you guys have taught me a lot as well yeah yeah uh, without yeah. even oh. really knowing it but yeah i definitely noticed that like when you learn something from someone 
it's a different type of connection that you have with that person. Yeah, for sure. And he used to do like his little shorts were pretty tight. And he did like minute and a half quick little shootouts, you know. Yeah. And then they would be all over. on YouTube, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that shit. He was he was definitely the king back in the day. And then, yeah, I guess he went and got a show. You know, they had a Hulu show that like video game high school or something like that. I heard about that. Yeah. I don't remember. And then they had like so a, you could so you could go like the traditional route from YouTube. It's possible. It just depends like your, yeah. on your content like we we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah. I guess it yeah, I think it would really come down to that. Yeah. All right, Boomer. So it was good having you on, man. Like where can people find you? Um Los Angeles. I'm just out and about <laughs> sometimes. Hang on. No, um Instagram. I'm on Instagram a lot. I don't I need to get back to my to posting i got some videos coming out i got like a bunch yeah. trying to do a western here soon um Dope. as well what's, uh, what's but, like the main goal you have for this year sell a show okay that's my goal i'm uh i got um uh i'm working on the medieval because we've been doing all this medieval stuff so yeah. me and kevin are uh working on selling the show to uh, you know try to get on a network we are trying to pitch to production companies first if we can attach anybody to that you know and um just kind of see how that goes from there but yeah so my goal will be to sell it my goal this year is to sell a show uh oh yeah uh yeah that's a good goal man I'll, yeah that that's fucking dope i can't wait to see that shit yeah nice thanks uh Maybe and then social uh, media i am uh boomer mobley on instagram pretty much on everything facebook instagram TikTok, I'd say maybe f follow the medieval page, twelve eighty seven medieval comedy, because uh, I'm just on there more. I, I my account had too many flags, so I kind of stopped posting <laughs> on my personal account. <laughs> but and anything that's on my TikTok or Instagram would be, or on my Instagram would be on my TikTok anyways. So sounds good, guys. Go follow him. He's fucking talented as hell. You guys have to watch this shit. Thanks. All right, guys. Hey.